Well, let's take our Bibles back to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, as we have this theme strong this year, we're actually going to be going through the book of Ephesians on Sunday mornings and uh, studying through the book of Ephesians. And I'm really looking forward to going through um, this book on Sunday mornings um, because through the book of Ephesians, uh, we're, we're going to see a progression throughout the book um, in two specific areas. Um, there is a spiritual progression and a doctrinal progression that we'll see here throughout the book. And um, the problem, I believe, in, in so many churches and in even many Christians' lives today is that we are more concerned about the doctrinal progression than we are about spiritual progression. Now, please don't, don't get me wrong on this. Uh, doctrine and standards and things like that, those are important. But, but here's the thing. You can have all the right doctrine and all the right standards and all that different stuff and still not be right with God spiritually. Not be right with God. Um, in fact, this was, the, this was the problem with the religious leaders in Jesus' day. Um, they had the law of Moses. Uh, they dressed the part. Uh, they did everything they thought was required of them. And, and then, yet still, what does Jesus say about them? In, in Matthew chapter 23, in verses 27 and 28, Jesus said unto them, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. That's, that's a pretty strong word, right? I mean, these were the religious leaders of the day. These were the ones that had the law of Moses. They, they had all the doctrine and everything. But he says, they're hypocrites. For you are like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones. And of all uncleanness, even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Man, that's, that's some pretty rough stuff right there, right? I mean, yes, we could say, wow, Jesus is, you know, Jesus is love, and there's no doubt about that, but um, he was pretty hard right here. And there's a reason why. Because it was all an outward appearance. There was nothing, there was nothing in the heart. And, and notice the problem. The emphasis on the religious leaders was the outward, but Jesus' emphasis is on the inward. Did you notice how many times he talked about that? He says, you appear beautiful outward, but within, full of dead men's bones. Outwardly, you appear righteous, but within, you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. They, they were all, they, they were concerned about the outward appearance, but not about the inside, not about the heart. Their whole purpose, I'm not sure if you caught this in this passage, but their whole purpose was to appear righteous, but not before God. Did you catch that? This is what he said. He says, even so ye also, also outwardly appear righteous. What are those next two words? Unto men. Unto men. They wanted to be righteous, but not before God. It was all about being righteous and being right and looking good before everyone else. And so many are trying to impress people around them. When what we ought to be concerned about is our relationship with God. 
And I want to I challenge you this year in this area of, of being strong, not so much on the outside, but on the inside. Having that strong relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, having that strong relationship with God, right? And this is what he says here. Uh, and, and again, this is... Paul is already kind of, he's kind of concluding his letter here in chapter 6 to, to, the, to the, uh, the Ephesians here. And this is what he says, finally, after he's gone through all of this, he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Let's face it, we all want to be strong. We were trying to think of the, a picture to use uh, as the background for the theme. And we're, you know, uh, we're trying to think of what picture to use and you know, I, I really thought about just using my picture, you know, as the background, but um, didn't, hey, who said that? No, um, no, we were just trying to, you know, what, what is, what it has to do with strength, you know, and, uh, you know, something that kept coming back over and over is, um, you know, weights and, and people uh, lifting weights and, and gym memberships and all this kind of stuff. And it's funny because people will pay, they'll pay personal trainers, they'll pay for gym memberships, they'll pay for all these kinds of things. Why? Because they want to be strong. They want to be strong, right? And we're willing to, you know, we're willing to, if we could say, count the cost, right? I mean, we'll, we'll pay for a gym membership that we might use once a month, right? Because we're going to be strong, Going once a month, right? I mean, we'll pay for the, the personal trainer. You know, we'll pay for all these, you know, eating right and, and, and not eating certain things. We'll, we'll do all these kind of things because we have it in our desire to be strong, right? We want to be strong. But I wonder, are we more concerned about physical strength than we are spiritual? Are we more concerned about paying the cost for physical strength? But are we willing to pay the cost for spiritual strength? And Paul says, be strong, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We all want to be strong, but, and we have to understand, obviously, when Paul is speaking here, he's not speaking of physical strength. When he says, be strong, this strength is spiritual. And of course, if you continue reading, if you know the, the next few verses are dealing with what uh, many people talk about as the armor of God and putting on the armor of God and all of that, um, because there is, a, there is a battle that we face. There's a battle that's taking place. It's not a physical battle. It's a spiritual battle. And Paul is encouraging them. He's saying, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Tonight, I, I really want to encourage you back tonight as well. At 6 o'clock, we have our evening service. Um, tonight, I'm going to be preaching a message entitled, Strength in Numbers. Strength in Numbers. And uh, we're going to talk about last year a little bit. We're going to talk uh, about what God did last year. And we'll, we'll have some things, uh, uh, some exciting things to show from last year. Uh, so be back tonight. We're going to do a little bit of a review of what happened last year and uh, through the ministries of the church and things. So be back tonight. But uh, this, this whole idea this year of, of being strong and strong in the Lord. And this morning, I, just, I want to just kind of as we begin this series, I just want to kind of challenge you really in two areas. We're just going to look at two things this morning. To be strong, you must be alive. You say, duh. I mean, a dead person can't be alive or a dead person can't be strong. You're right. A dead person can't be strong. And that's why many Christians are not strong. You say, well, we're not dead. 
oh, we're not dead spiritually. We may be alive spiritually, but we're not really doing what God wants us to do. And that's why even there are many people that, oh, we want to see change and we want, to, we want peace and we want all these different things. But we have to understand to really be strong, a person must be alive. This is what he says. Think about finally, and notice the next two words, my brethren. Notice who Paul is speaking to. This is not just anyone that Paul's talking to. He's talking to his family. You say, I didn't know Paul had brothers and sisters. Oh, he had thousands upon thousands of brothers and sisters. In fact, guess what? You get to be one of his brothers and sisters too, if you know Christ as your Savior. This wasn't his physical family he's talking about. This is the spiritual family. He says he's talking to these believers in Ephesus. He calls them my brethren. He says, finally, my brethren. You see, this goes back to our, our spiritual progression. Watch, watch what Paul says again as we think about this. The, there is a spiritual progression through the book of Ephesians. Go back with me to chapter number 2. In chapter number 2, notice what Paul says. And you, Paul's writing to these believers, he says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Think about what he's saying. Paul is pointing back to a time and he says, You were dead. You were dead in trespasses and sins. Yes, physically you were alive, but spiritually you were dead. There was a death. There was a spiritual death that took place. That spiritual death takes place simply because of our nature. We are born spiritually dead. We're born spiritually dead. That's why Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. Because when we are born physically we're spiritually dead. We are separated from God because of our sin nature. And Paul is telling these believers, you were dead in trespasses and sins. The, 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 these trespasses and sins refer to the, the mistakes and the blunders we made and the evil, the sinful wrongdoings. And, and because of that, we stand guilty before God. That we have broken God's laws. We have, God has said, look, if you want to be acceptable to me, okay, here's what you have to do. You have to literally be perfect to be acceptable to me. I mean, so many times we just think of the Ten Commandments, right? Those are just things that we, we kind of talk about. We know the Ten Commandments. And yet, how many have been able to keep the Ten Commandments? Nobody has. God says, you've broken my laws. You're dead in trespasses and sins. And, and it's, it, it's, it's important that we understand that, that it is, it's not through the church. It's not through uh, religion. It's not through a, a, a baptism. It's not through being good that we can be made alive. No, he says, you were dead. You were physically dead. Excuse me, you were spiritually dead. And just like if someone is dead, they cannot revive themselves. If someone is dead, they, they cannot bring themselves back to life. And he says, you were dead in trespasses and sins, right? But watch what he says. We're in time past. She walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. He says, this was the life that we lived. It was all about self. It's all about me. Disobedience to God. Not concerned about what God says, just living my life the way I want to live it. But then watch what he says is in verse number four. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace, ye are saved. 
Again, he repeats what he says in verse number one. And you hath he quickened. He says the same thing uh, there in verse number five. He hath quickened us together with Christ. The word quicken means to be made alive. To be made alive. And here's the thing again. A a dead person cannot make themselves alive. Only someone who has the power to give life can bring that person back to life. I'm thankful that we have some uh, nurses and uh, people that work in hospitals and things in our church here because, you know, if something were to happen and uh, somebody, and we're praying this never happens, but if somebody were to have a heart attack or something and their heart stopped beating, I'm thankful that we have people in here that know what to do. They know how to be able to perform CPR and, and try to help start that heart again, right? You'd want somebody that knows what they're doing to work on you, right? You wouldn't want somebody to just, well, you know, um, not sure what to do here. Yeah, they, they've stopped breathing. Um, maybe we should just see what happens for a few minutes. <laughs> nope, nope, nothing's happening. Maybe we should kick him a little bit, you know? <laughs> hey, you know? Nope, still nothing happening. Aren't you glad that there'd be somebody that would actually know what to do? And see, here's, here's the thing. He says, you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Notice it doesn't say you quickened yourself. It doesn't say you were able to bring yourself back to life. No, no. There had to be someone to perform that spiritual CPR on you and bring you back to life. And his name is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only one who can do it. And this is what he says. And you hath he quickened. Jesus Christ is the only one who's able to bring that life. That's why, again, he says there in verse number four, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. It was only through Jesus Christ that we were able to be made alive. We were dead. We were separated from God. But God says, because of his love, because of his mercy, because of his grace, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. God says, look, I see you're dead. I see you're dead in trespasses and sins. You cannot make yourself alive. But I love you. And I'm willing to give you life. And Jesus comes and he offers life. And he says, it's by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. He says, look, here is life. If you'll, if you'll, if you'll take it. I'm offering it. You can't save yourself, but Jesus says, I can save you. I can take those sins that, that you have committed and I can, I can wash them away. I can make you stand righteous before God, even though you cannot live a perfect life. You can't live a sinless life. Jesus said, I can take my righteousness and I can clothe you in my righteousness. So that when God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see your trespasses. He doesn't see the ungodliness. He doesn't see the disobedience. He doesn't see the the selfishness. He sees his own righteousness. He said, we've been made alive, but only by grace through faith in Jesus Christ can we be made alive. Can I ask you this morning, are you alive or are you still dead? I'm not talking physically. I'm talking spiritually. 
you can come and you can think, well, because I come to church, then I must be, I must be a good person, and so I'll get to go to heaven one day. Or, you know, I, I read my Bible, and, and so I must be a good person, and I must be able to get to go to heaven one day. Or I've been baptized, or I even joined a church. I did all these different things, so I must be a good person. And so surely God's going to look at all the, the good things that I have done, and, and he's going to take the bad things that I have done, and he's going to weigh them. And if my good is more, then surely he's going to let me into heaven. Friend, you're dead. You have nothing good. You are dead in trespasses and sins. And it is only Jesus Christ who can make you alive. We have no good things. We have no good works. A dead person, they're they're dead. They cannot do anything to please God. You say, what about all the good things that I've done? Friend, if you were to take all the good things that every single person in the entire world has ever done in the entire human history, they wouldn't even compare to one thing that God has done. We cannot measure up to a holy, righteous, perfect God. That's why he says we're dead. But he says he's made us alive. We were quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. We were dead in sins and now he has quickened us with Christ. Are you alive? Are you dead? Your heart can be pumping. Your lungs working. Your eyes seeing. Your ears hearing and yet still be dead spiritually. You see, that's what he was talking about with the Pharisees. Everything on the outside looked right. But what did he say? Inside, you're full of dead men's bones. You ever drive by a cemetery? Or maybe if you go uh, through a cemetery or whatever, you see, man, there are some beautiful, beautiful stones there. There are some beautiful ones. I mean, it's amazing what they can put on these headstones now. I mean, just beautiful things. Uh, the other day, I was... Um, uh, at, at a funeral and I was doing a funeral and I was sitting there with the, uh, the funeral director. We were in the car and we were just looking at some of these different uh, headstones and things and just the, the detail uh, and the things that are on these beautiful headstones. I mean, some of them that were big, some of them were little, some of them had shapes drawn. I'm like, just beautiful. Let me ask you a question and I'm not, not trying to be disrespectful. I'm not trying to be rude. But what's in that grave? Just dead men's bones. Dead men's bones. You know, that's a lot of times what we're trying to do. We're trying to be beautiful on the outside. We're trying to say, look at me, look at me, look at me, look how good I am. And God says, all I see is dead men's bones. I'm trying to be good. I'm trying, I go to church. I'm trying to be faithful. I, I, I'm trying to, you know, I mean, I, I mean, here, I was here on Vision Sunday. I mean, God, doesn't that count for something? God says, I just see dead men's bones. Because it's not about what's on the outside, it's about what's on the inside. Have we been made alive in Jesus Christ? Look, friend, you can sit here Sunday after Sunday, week after week after week. You can even join this church and still be lost without Jesus Christ. Because it doesn't have to do with the church membership. It doesn't have to do with being good. Are you alive through Jesus Christ? You see, in order to be strong, we must be alive. Have you been made alive through Jesus Christ? (laughs) I like what an old preacher by the name of Vance Havner said. He said, I could have got a lot of people saved if they hadn't joined the church. 
Because we think we put so much emphasis on our church membership or all the good things that we do. And look at me, I've been baptized, I do this, I help the poor. No, no, God says you have to be made alive through Jesus Christ. Have you been made alive? You see, to be strong, you must be alive. But may I say secondly this morning, to live, we must be strong. To be strong, you must be alive. But to live, you must be strong. You see, now that we've been made alive through Jesus Christ, this is what he's saying. Look, he says, now that you're, you're in Christ, finally, my brethren, if you know that you have accepted Christ as your Savior, you know you're alive through Jesus Christ, then he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He said, look, you, you have a life that you're going to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. There is something that God has planned for your life. And the only way that you can live that life to the glory of God is to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. To be strong in the Lord. Think about what he says here. To live, we must be strong. We cannot expect to live in a world that is governed by the devil and fleshly desires. We can't expect it to be easy to live in that type of world. It's not easy to live in that type of world. It's not easy to live in this world that is so consumed with the flesh and and the devil is governing it and, and everything is about self and everything's about pleasure. It's not easy to live in that world. It's going to be difficult, which is why we need strength, he says. Be strong. And watch what he says. He tells us two areas that we ought to be strong in. He says there in verse number 10 in chapter 6, be strong in the Lord. Now, sometimes we just, we associate be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might is just the same thing. It's just, well, it's just, he's just saying the same thing twice. No, he's not saying the same thing. If he was saying the same thing, he would have stopped. Be strong in the Lord, period. That's where it would have ended. There's two different things here that he's saying, two different things that he's talking about. He says, first of all, be strong in the Lord. Now that we know Christ as our Savior, now that we have that relationship with Jesus Christ, you know what he wants? He wants to grow that relationship. He wants us to walk with him. He wants us to talk with him. He, he wants us to grow in our spiritual walk with him. He says, be strong in the Lord. He didn't say for the Lord. He said, be strong in the Lord. And so many times as Christians, we accept Christ as our Savior And we're like, okay, I'm saved. Now I get to go live my life the way I want to live it. Wait a minute. No, he said, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Now that we're alive, we need a strong relationship in the Lord. How many of you are married? Raise your hand if you're married. Then every one of you ought to sign up for a marriage retreat. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Well, you ought to do that too. But raise your hand again if you're married. Raise your hand. Come on, keep it up. All right, if you're married, raise your hand. Good. Now let me ask you a question. I didn't say put your hands down. Yeah, keep your hand up. Let me ask you a question. After you said, I do, on that day, however long ago it was, or however short or long ago it was, when you said, I do, was that the last time you talked to your spouse? If that was the last time you talked to your spouse, put your hand down. Woo! Some of you definitely need to sign up for the marriage retreat. Whoa! I'm glad it went back up, right? You can put your hands down. That wasn't the last time you ever talked to your spouse. If you did... No, that was just the beginning. 
That was just the beginning. Now, after you've, after you've said those vows and you said, I do, and now, man, now there that, that relationship is going to build. Now there's that, that communication that's going to take place. And now you're going to be walking together. You're going to be talking together. You're going to get to know each other more. Now you've got a whole life to live together. There's a relationship that's going to grow through that. Do you understand that's exactly what Jesus wants? That's exactly what Jesus wants. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, it's like you said, I do. I'm accepting Christ as my Savior. Great. Now, that's not the last time you ought to hear from you. It ought to be a daily thing. Just as you daily speak to your spouse and and throughout the day talk to your spouse or text your spouse or call your spouse or whatever it might be, that's the same thing that God wants for us. That being strong in the Lord is that relationship with Jesus Christ. Man, daily in his word, reading the word of God, finding out what God wants for me, and then me talking to God and and asking God to work in my heart and and yielding to him and saying, Lord, I want to be more like Jesus Christ. Lord, I want to be strong in you. And the only way we can be strong in the Lord is as we grow in that relationship with Christ. The only way you're going to have a strong marriage is if you grow in that relationship together. And yet so many times we just don't think we need him. I don't need Jesus. I got my life figured out. I got, I got everything figured out. I know what I'm doing. It says a lot of guys too. And your wife's like, no, you don't. And Jesus says, no, you don't. You don't know what you're doing. Can I ask you, how strong is your relationship with the Lord? Are you strong in the Lord? I didn't, I, we're, we're, past, we're past the part of accepting Christ as our Savior. If you've never accepted Christ, that's the most important thing. But now I'm talking to those who have. Though if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, I'm not asking you if you're saved. I'm saying how strong is your relationship in the Lord? So many Christians were lacking. We're lacking in this. You know how I know? Look at our country. Look at our churches. Look at our families. That's all the evidence I need to know that Christians are not strong in the Lord. Oh, thank God there are some that are. But as a whole, as Christians, we are lacking in this. And that's why Paul says, finally, my brethren, guys, I, I, if I could just give you one more thing before I go, Paul says, I, I, I've, I've given you a lot. We're, we're going to look at this as we go through. But he says, finally, guys, if I could just give you one more thing, you've got to be strong in the Lord. Your relationship with Jesus Christ has got to grow. There needs to be strength in the Lord in this. And yet so often we don't even think we need him. We don't even think we need him. Reading the Bible, well, you know, if I ever get around to it, I might. Prayer, well, I pray before I eat sometimes. Friend, is it any, any wonder that we're not strong, that we're weak spiritually? It says be strong in the Lord. How is your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? I like what the psalmist said. David said this in First Chronicles chapter 16 and verse number 11. He says, seek the Lord and his strength seek his face continually david said i've got to seek the lord i've got to seek the lord seek the lord 
continually. Seek his face continually. Friend, if you know Christ as your Savior, the most important relationship that you have is not between your husband and your wife. It's not between your mom and your dad or your siblings. It's between you and Jesus Christ. Are you strong in the Lord? Be strong in the Lord. Why does he say that? Because of the very next thing he's about to say. And in the power of his might. Now, let me ask you this. If I'm not strong in the Lord, then how am I going to be strong in the power of his might? He said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You know what that tells me? Strength comes from him. In the power of his might. So the only way I can truly be strong is if I am walking with the Lord. And here's why. This is why he says to be strong in the Lord. This is why he says, look, guys, let me tell you something. I'm ending this letter here. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. You've got to have that close relationship with the Lord. You've got to be walking with the Lord daily. You've got to be in prayer. You've got to have that time of studying the word of God. You've got to be walking with the Lord. Why? Because you need his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Why do we need his strength? Why do we need his might? Because we have a strong enemy. We have an enemy that we face on a daily basis. And we cannot strengthen ourselves. We must be empowered constantly. That's why the psalmist says, seek the Lord and his strength. Not your strength, not my strength, but his strength. The tense here that Paul uses is not just a one and done when he says, seek the, uh, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's not just one time, but it's a constant, continuous strengthening. Continually strengthening, continually working on your strength. I know there's a few guys in here that probably do some weights and things like this. If you were to take one of these young men and say, hey, you know, if I said, uh, Jaden, we're going to go out, we're going to lift weights here together, and we're going to put 500 pounds on the deadlift, and we're going to see if you can do that. You think you can do it? He's like, yeah, no way. No, not at all. But if I took some of you guys that lift weights, if I took Brother Jay or some of you other guys, and I said, hey, we're going to put some weights on here, do this deadlift or bench press or whatever, they might be able to do it. Why? He said, because they're bigger. No, it's not because they're bigger. It's because they're stronger. You can be bigger and not be stronger. They're stronger. Well, how did they get that strong? Well, I guarantee you they didn't start off with 500 pounds. They started off what they were able to do. Maybe it was 100. Maybe it was 150. And they started working on that. And then as they were able to do that, a little bit easier, then they added a little bit more to it. And then they worked themselves up to 200. And they worked themselves up to 225. And then they worked themselves up to 240. And then they worked themselves up to 250. And then maybe now they're doing 300, whatever. But it's not a, it's not a, just a one done. You just don't go into like, wow, look at me, I'm the strongest man in the world. I'll never have to lift a weight again. So why do we think that's the way Christianity is? I read my Bible this year, woo, one time. Strongest Christian there is. You read it one time this whole year? How 
How much time did you spend praying? Well, I prayed once. Me and God, we had a great conversation that one time. Maybe it was two. And we really expect that we're going to be strong? You see, we've deceived ourselves, and we've allowed the devil to keep deceiving us. You know what he says? You don't need to be strong. You don't need that time in the Word of God. You don't need to be strong in the Lord. You don't need to pray. You don't need to read your Bible. You don't need to come to church. You don't need to do these things. Do you know why the devil is telling you that? Because he wants you to be weak. He wants you to be weak so you don't do anything for God. And that's why God is saying to us here, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might because we face a powerful enemy. And the only way we can defeat him The only way we can get victory over him is if we are strong in the Lord's might, not our own. It's not our strength that we need. It's his strength. And I want to point out something here. This strength doesn't come from the Lord or by the Lord. Did you notice that? You say, wait, I thought strength comes from the Lord. No, that's not what he said. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It didn't say the, the strength is going to come from the Lord. It comes in the Lord. I'm not getting my strength from the Lord. The strength is through me as I am yielding myself to Jesus Christ. And it is in him. It's not from him. It's in him. And that's why so many Christians are weak. We're not walking in the Lord. We're not being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The only way we can be strengthened is if we are letting him live in and through us. We have this idea somehow we get this supernatural strength like Samson did somehow. No, no, no. We don't get that supernatural strength. That strength is his. He just wants to let it be seen through us. It's his strength. And he says, hey, if you'll just yield yourself to me, if you'll walk with me, if you'll talk with me, if you'll, if you'll build that relationship and grow with me, my strength will be seen in you and through you. We can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So many times we're asking for something. God, I, I want your strength, right? Give me your strength. I need strength from you. No, you don't need strength from him. You just need him. You need him. You need to walk with him. You need to talk with him. You need to be strong in him because that's where the strength is. It is in him. It's not from him. It's in him. And when I'm walking with him and I'm living my life in a way that's pleasing to God, that strength is going to be in me because he is living in me and through me. That's why so many of us, we lack. We lack strength. It's not that he's lacking any strength. It's not. It's that we're not allowing him to live in us and through us the way he wants us to. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, in verse number 9, Paul says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Jesus isn't looking for anybody that's strong. He's looking for somebody that knows they're not. He's looking for somebody that's weak and says, God, I can't do this. I need you to live through me. I need you to work in me. I need your strength to be seen through me as you live in me. Somehow we've got this idea that I don't need Christ, but I can get his strength. 
Good luck with that. That ain't going to happen. I don't need you, Lord, but I could sure use your strength for this situation I'm going through. I I don't want to talk with you. I don't want to walk with you. I don't want to have that time with you, but I could sure use your strength during this time. Friend, that's not going to happen. Because the strength is in him. It's his might. And the only way that strength is going to be seen, the only way that strength is going to be produced is in our life when we allow him to live in us and through us. That's why Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, it's all about him. When we start thinking that it's our strength, guess who starts becoming the focus? Me. I don't need him, but I sure got his strength. No, you didn't. If you don't need him, you don't need his strength either. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Friend, we face an enemy that is out to destroy us. Peter says, our enemy is like a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. You say, well, I'm not the pastor. I'm not the missionary. He's not after me. (laughs) Friend, you're a Christian if you know Christ as your Savior. And if you're a Christian, he's after you. He's after you. We're just simply believing his lie that, well, I'm not the pastor. I'm not the missionary. I'm not the deacon, so he's not after me. No, if you're a child of God, he's after you. And you need the Lord's strength. But the Lord's strength is in him. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. How's your walk with the Lord, Christian? We're 15 days in. Just just take these past 15 days. How's your walk with God been? How's your walk with God been this year? Have you even picked up his word at all this year in 15 days? Have you, ever, have you spent any time with him? Now, let me ask you, if it hasn't been important in 15 days, what do you think the rest of the year is going to be like? It's not going to go well. That's why he says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his mind. You want to get victory in your life? You want to get victory over the things that are coming? Hey, the only way we can do that is in his might, not in our own. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's going to be a great year. You say, that's not what the world tells us. I'm not talking about what the world says. I'm talking about for our church. It's going to be a great year for our church. Exciting things are happening. I'm excited to see what God's going to do through some of these things that we have planned. I'm excited to see how God's going to increase some of your strength as you're relying upon him. But you have to be willing to let him. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Do you know Christ as your Savior this morning? Are you dead? If you're dead, he wants to make you alive. He wants to give you eternal life. He wants to take your sins and forgive you of them. But he can't force you. Are you dead or are you alive? If you're alive, then are you strong in the Lord? What's your walk with him look like?
You're spending time daily in the Word of God, daily talking with Him in prayer and asking and seeking Him. Because then, then we'll be able to face the battles that we have coming in front of us. Then in His might, as we walk with Him and as we talk with Him, then those battles that we're going to face, that the enemy's going to bring, we don't have to worry about them so much anymore. Because we're in the power of His might, not our own. I wonder whether heads bowed and every eye closed this morning. You see, without Him, we can do nothing. But in Him is available all the strength of His might that we will ever need. Friend, maybe you're here this morning and you're still dead in trespasses and sins. You say, I thought I was a good person. I thought the things that I've been doing would help me to go to heaven. Friend, only Jesus Christ can do that. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm saved. I'm not sure if I died today where I would be. I'm not sure. Friend, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out or anything. But I would like to pray for you this morning. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor, that's me. God is speaking to my heart. I'm not sure if I'm saved. You talk about being dead or alive. I'm not really sure. I I, want to hope that I'm alive, but I don't know if I am or not. But I'd sure like to know how to be made alive in Jesus Christ. Friend, if that's you this morning... Every, every other head is bowed, every other eye is closed. But if that's you, would you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? Nobody else is going to come to you. I'm not going to call you out or anything. I just want to pray for you this morning. Just slip your hand up and put it right back down. Pastor, would you pray for me? Just slip it up put it right back down. I'm not sure if I'm saved. Anyone at all? And Christian, can I ask you this morning? How strong are you in the Lord? What's your walk with God like? Just take the last 15 days. How's it looking? Pretty rough? Not much of a relationship? No time? Friend, you need to be strong in the Lord. You need to start working on that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Start walking with Him, talking with Him. Get in His Word. Because there's going to be battles that are going to come that we need His might. We need His strength to fight for us. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. What do you need to turn over to God today? Say, God, I've been, I've been trying to do it in my own strength. I've been trying to do it all myself. God, I need to just leave it to you. I just need to trust you with it. I just need to be more concerned about my spiritual walk with you than than what's on the outside. How's the inside this morning? Father, I pray that you would work in our hearts this morning as only you can. Draw us closer to you, Lord. We need your strength. We need to be strong in you. May we be yielded to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.